What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at Game Time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called Game Time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app. Your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This Haberman and Middlecoff segment is brought to you by easewellness.com, promo code HAM. Promo code HAM, promo code HAM, easewellness.com, best CBD products delivered to your house. And John, it's brought to you by Hair Club. Hairclub.com slash HAM, guy. Hairclub.com slash HAM, support the pod. On to the segment. We were out at Niner practice, and then you went back and rewatched. You had me rewatching on YouTube all the old pick of the stick, all the different videos. You found the music video in slow-mo. Easy to get nostalgic, huh? Oh, man. And, uh, you know, you see us in the background. Um, at a few multiple spots as Navarro turns the corner before he gets to Harbaugh. We're right there. You can see us clear as day. Um, Navarro was out there yesterday at Levi Stadium to retire. And um, great to see, man. Like, we were out there at practice, and you said, I think Navarro's here. Boom. And all of a sudden, there he was standing there in a nice white button-up talking to Richard Sherman on the sideline. You know who I uh, recognized first was Rosenhaus. Because I can see the double R's. You know, he wears that shirt everywhere. Yes, yep. Was he I'm wearing like, a blazer? That? I didn't even see Rose now. Yeah, he was going classic double R shirt and, you know, a blazer. T-shirt. And I could see a T-shirt. Yeah. And I could see the Navarro kind of just the clan. I mean, he's got eight kids. His wife, we ran into him. Man, not eight. I think they're three. But they're all little kind of running around. <laughs> and you just called wife, him Philip Rivers for a second. Yeah. Uh, and it's pretty cool, you know. Well, it's cool, too, because it had, it wasn't that long ago that it felt like it ended badly with him and the Niners. Well, yeah, it was like a year and a half ago. It was this regime. It wasn't like GM and coach changed, and then he came back, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was those two guys that got rid of him. I mean, it was John and Kyle that got rid of Navarro Bowman. Do you know who I told yesterday at practice? I said, the world we live in, no one will remember this, but Grant Cohn wrote an article 
on how the 49 it was over and people freaked. It was how, right when Kyle and John Lynch first got there. How Navarro's time was over? What do you mean? How how you needed to be how John and Kyle needed to be like Bill Walsh and get rid of him before it was too late. Uh. This was like they had been on the job like a month and people freaked. And then the draft came along, they got Reuben Foster and really by what was it like end of September, he was gone. Because it was like, Ruben's going to play, you're not. And it got weird fast, and he was just cut. And then, boom, he was a Raider a couple weeks later. You're right. I mean, it just it went at warp speed. I The thing I always remember, though, before he hurt his Achilles and he was coming back from the devastating knee injury, Peter King wrote an article about how it took him two hours to get to practice. Remember that? How he just had to like loosen up his knee. I was like, God. right, right. The pregame, and but then he said, he said, no, it doesn't take that long. But, but then the, the the following year, before he hurt his Achilles, he was playing a lot better. So he like that first year back from the major knee injury, you know. Mm. But then the second year, I think that was Chip Kelly's year. He was playing really well, and then he ultimately hurt his Achilles that year. And then it was just you can't overcome a knee snap because it wasn't like oh he just tore his ACL. No, he had his like basically his leg snapped. Yeah. And then he tore his Achilles. Just that's that's too much. Where does uh, where does the pick at the stick rank in your sports watching life? Or maybe we'll call it your because we were there, the live sports watching life. Yeah, it'd be right up there. I, I I think it's the when you factor everything in, they were the biggest team, one of them in the league. That team was on their high highs. It was the last night at Candlestick. The amount of people that were there from. Dwight Clark to the boys demand and we were sitting next to Chris Berman was Montana there that night he I think he showed up didn't he I don't remember I don't know if he did actually. I don't remember I seeing him yeah I don't know if he did that was kind of weird I think did Steve Young have to do the uh fake Dwight Clark catch I think he might have uh it might be one man I I vividly my memory's shitty but I vividly remember just kind of looking up at the crowd and it just being like an earthquake. It was the loudest stadium I've ever been in at that moment. Like as as he crossed and as he scored, the entire team went to hug him. And just I just vividly remember turning around and just looking at the stadium. I'll never forget that. I, and it just the place was shaking. You know what I remember most is feeling that day because the the Falcons were like a four win team that year, right? They were they were bad, yeah. But feeling that night that Matt Ryan could complete any pass he wanted. I checked the box score. He went 37 of 48. Did he really? Ka- Ka- uh, yeah. Kaepernick, it, Kaepernick threw 21 passes and completed 13. I just remember thinking anything Matt Ryan wanted to do, he could do. That's the way it felt. It's like, like I just assumed every pass he threw was going to be a completion. Well, remember and when, I, we, when we got to the field, they were like, they drove like 50 yeah. yards. And I just remember, I remember the play, seeing him throw the football, and just assuming this is a completion. It's probably going to be a first down because the Niners were up by three late. Was it less than two minutes left, right? And the Falcons were in the red zone. And um, I just, I remember seeing the ball go up in the air. That's the last thing I remember about that play. I don't, I don't even quite remember Navarro running by us. I just remember seeing the ball go in the air and just going, "Oh my, this." This thing that I thought was going to happen, this completion is not going to happen. And Navarro, I just remember seeing it go up, and he has it. And then I, I don't remember seeing him run. I, we probably had to look at the video board to see him go into the end zone, right? Uh, yeah, pro- but you knew he was gone because yeah, Nolan you knew he was, was there. Gone. Yeah, 
I do remember watching Harbaugh kind of started by us and just ran down the field. Yes. One thing, like in baseball, you don't need to be a media member. If you're in the lower bowl, like you can feel like, God, this guy's throwing hard or how far a ball gets hit. Like you feel it. Like everyone in the stadium kind of feels it. In basketball, you got to be kind of low to truly get it. I mean, you call games, so you get to feel like, God, these guys are incredible. How fast is this moving? In football, really the best seats for media or just anyone is not that low. It's actually the second or third level because you kind of see the game. But you don't truly appreciate it. And I've worked in the NFL. You're not allowed on the field. Like the only people during games allowed on the field are like the coaches and the players. And the media is not allowed on the field in many stadiums. That's one of the only times during an NFL game I've been on the field. And I just vividly remember the Niners pass rush and Matt Ryan thinking, this is fucking insane. Like it, it, the speed of the game, and you often hear this with hockey, you know, like TV doesn't do hockey justice. The NFL is probably the best TV sport, and I don't even know if TV does it quite justice. Like, doesn't it feel like the snap of your finger from snap to five-step drop to the guy's 20 yards down the field to a completion, how fast everything was moving? It was crazy. Yeah. I just remember watching, like, this I, is Yeah, to nuts. your point, if you happen to be in the right spot on a big play, it's better to be on the field. But you've got to be in the right spot. It's, it's just so many plays happen away from your spot where you're standing. And that play but happened I, to be right in front of us. But, but I'm talking... Leading up to that play, that's one of the only times I stood on the field at Fresno State games, but it's not even close to that level of play. How fast everything's moving just from field level of the pass rush of an offensive tackle set to the quarterback, how fast he drops back, and then how fast the receivers are 15 yards down the field, which I swear to God feels like the blink of an eye. Like how all 22 guys, just the quickness of it all. Yeah. We did. That, we were, that's we were, what I remember about that moment. It's just like, God damn, this is crazy. Well, I remember feeling about Matt Ryan the way you and I felt about James Harden in 2015 in Game Two, Warriors Rockets. Um, was that the Western Conference Finals? Yeah, it was, it was Finals. Yeah. And you know the game the Warriors won when Steph and Clay trapped him at the end, and I mean, we we were both sitting there going, "This guy's not gonna." Even though he, I'm just looking at the box score right now. I think it was 13 to 21. But that night it was like he can't be stopped. Yeah. And that's how Matt Ryan felt. Didn't it? it felt like he was thirty for thirty? It did. Well, it did. Every well, time he shot, it was terrifying. Well, let's just say this: if you go to the box score and I pulled it up, and you just went, you didn't watch the game. You go, oh, one quarterback thirty-seven to forty-eight for three fifty. The other quarterback thirteen to twenty-one for one ninety. You'd be like, oh, Lamar Jackson versus Aaron Rodgers, right? That's. Kaepernick, that that's when the offense was kind of starting to fall apart. But you just the box score tells you Matt Ryan was playing a different sport than Colin Kaepernick, and this was in 2013, guy. Do you think we'll look back and and talk about like the Navarro Patrick Willis Niners, like it was the Ray Lewis, the the early 2000s Ray Lewis Ra- Raven defense without the Super Bowl? Like they had mm-hmm. the Super Bowl that validates them. They're one of the greatest defenses mm-hmm. of all time. No, because I think Seattle kind of gets that nod because they were. But they won the title. I'm talking about the Niners didn't win that super. Didn't win a Super Bowl. Yeah, no, that's why you just Seattle was a rivalry and they were just the better team. Like you just 
that's the thing, like with Pittsburgh and Baltimore, they were the rivalry forever for 15 years, but they both won championships. So, right, kinda, sorry, I just me, think you kind of get forgotten. Let me rephrase it. If they had won the championship, how would we remember that defense? That's just what I'm like, trying to ask. Like, like Seattle. But no, like, yeah, not Baltimore's level. Yeah, I mean, Seattle was the number one scoring defense for like four straight years. I think statistically, when you look at Seattle during the regular season and then you look at they were able to get over the hump, and really they got to two Super Bowls in that run, the Niners were just a step below them, even though it felt like I've watched them. I felt like they were kind of equals, you know, and I think most Seattle would even tell you. And I had a couple of people tweeted me like I'm a Seahawks fan like that Niner team. Like those games were for the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, the the, the, the NFC championship game that the Niners would go on to lose, you know, a couple of weeks later after that Navarro pick of the sticks. I think that was in December. It's probably a, a month later. They play in Seattle at the end of January that. Do the Niners 100% beat Denver in the Super Bowl that Seattle crushed them I in? think so. They did lose. Upati snapped his ankle. Yeah, and Navarro, Like, they had two major injuries in that NFC Championship game. I do, too, but Seattle crushed them. Maybe they didn't crush them, but they, I think they win. But they did. I mean, again, all-pro guard and an all-pro linebacker. Like, they had two major injuries in that game. Um. It's hard. Now, I don't want to go like pre-Walsh era just because I didn't really see it. I mean, we have some appreciation for history. But if you did Mount Rushmore of 49ers defensive players, I mean, Ronnie Lott. Would be one. Bryant Young, I think, would have to be there. I think it goes Ronnie Lott and probably Patrick Willis, too. I mean, he's like a six-time All-Pro. Yeah, so then that's my question is would the other two be – Patrick and Navarro or just Patrick? Um, one thing that's weird about Patrick. Dion for one year? Yeah, I wouldn't even count him. No. Is that Patrick's best Fred couple of years. Patrick's really sweet years. Like his rookie, remember, he showed up as a rookie and was, I mean, he was an all-pro as a rookie. Oh seven, oh eight, or 9, 10. Those first four or five years, he was, you know, arguably they were kind of transitioning. It was going, Ray Lewis was getting older. He was becoming the best middle linebacker, but the teams weren't good. And then right kind of the the end of his peak, Navarro shows up. And Navarro was like probably slightly better in like 11 and 12, but Patrick was still really good. It's too bad they never got to play together like in their peaks for like five straight years. It wouldn't even have been fair. I mean, it wasn't fair for like two years when they played together. They dominated. In in that game against the Falcons, I just looked up the box score. They combined for 25 solo tackles. (laughs) So of like the 60 offensive plays, 25 of the tackles just came to those two guys making the tackle by themselves. Wow. There wasn't one guy on the Falcons. I guess there were a couple guys on the Falcons that had like 10 solos, but yeah, they were. If you could have somehow combined the front of Willis Bowman, Alden, uh, who am I? Ahmad Brooks, scumbag, but Ray McDonald's a really good player, Glenn Dorsey, good nose tackle, and Justin Smith with. The 94 secondary, which was Eric Davis, Dion, Tim McDonald, Merton Hanks. I think you got the greatest defense of all yeah, time. Yeah, it'd be incredible. But then they'd be like, well, 
If you could put Mean Joe Green with Paul Amalu, yeah, I mean, we could probably play that with a lot of teams. I'm glad you included Glenn Dorsey. Well, I'm just, if you got to include their front four, you know, front seven, he was one of the guys in the front seven. Uh, yeah. Just ended fast. They did. It ended so fast, man. So fast. Uh, but he, he even admitted, like, I do think he's right because he wasn't terrible with the Raiders. He could have kept playing. He kind of, he kind of chose, and it kind of symbolizes everything he talked about and why he broke up with the Niners. He couldn't stomach. I'm not saying this is a positive or a negative, but not being an elite player. Like that just didn't go well with him. He didn't like that feeling. I felt like clearly, like I, I'm not signing a veteran minimum deal to compete to be a you know to be a starter and then maybe a backup. Like I, I don't. I can't do. I'd rather just make no money. He kind of acknowledged that. Like yeah. I'd rather just be out of the league than be a fringe dude for the Jaguars, right? Yeah, yeah. They. Um, I so wonder if when you have if, Bowman, you just remember me as a good player, right? And I do wonder if you like. It's one thing when you just slowly get old. He didn't slowly get old. He got devastatingly injured, and I wonder if that makes it a little harder to come to terms with. Um, you're right. Like you're saying, if you're like 37 years old, yeah. If you're 37, if if like, I, but I just mean if you never had a devastating injury, but if what he was at 28 was actually what he became at 32 because he didn't have that bad injury, maybe he would have been okay being a 34 year old, you know, third best linebacker. Guy, he's 31 right now. I know. He just turned 31. You know so the that- crazy part is like when he came back, he led the league in tackles. After the injury, think about this: Joe Staley led the like NFL. Five years older than him. Yeah, he's not that old now. No, but it, I watched some of the 49ers did like video of him. He was he played probably I'd say about two fifty. He said he was two twenty. He's just now yeah, he looks good. Yeah, he just looks good. He used to look just like a. I mean, the linebacker. They had, it felt he like looked like two, a linebacker, John. Yeah, they had two lions that were just there to eat, and in those two guys, I mean, I just, you don't see that many linebackers that hit that hard. I mean, their hits were just so hard. They, those guys, man, chase anybody down. Yeah, I mean, Fred, Fred Warner ain't quite that. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.